Welcome to the Joy Reveals podcast, where you'll learn about mind and health hacks, travel and business tips, and ideas on how to become the best version of yourself. Now, here's your host, Joy Packard. Let's see what she's going to be revealing today. Hi, everyone. This is Joy Packard with the Joy Reveals podcast, and I am so excited. I have a special guest I'm going to be sharing today with you all, and it's it's you know, just going to be so inspirational. It's somebody that I've known for some time now, and we'll get into that on how, how that is. But anyway, I'm going to bring on uh, Trevor Morris. And are you there, Trevor? I am. Yes. Thanks for having me. Perfect. And Trevor, we met, oh gosh, wasn't it back in like 2013 or something, wasn't it? When It was. It was a long yeah. time ago. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, but before we begin, I wanted I wanted um, the audience and listeners to to learn a little bit about who you are. So you know, give us a little background of like you know where you you know where you came from, what you did, and stuff before you did your ecom journey. Sure. So let's see. If we go back to high school, I was the one guy that did not go get an actual job. I always did eBay. Uh, you know, hitting garage sales and everything. And that was mainly due to my uncle, my dad, and uh, my grandpa. They would my, they would teach me how to go to garage sales, find items, and flip them on eBay. So that's what I did through high school to give me some extra money. Then going into college, I went to Texas A&M uh, down at their Galveston branch. And from there, I learned uh, from Chris Green's book, um, you know, retail arbitrage. <laughs> yes. Sure many, many are aware of that. So <laughs> I read that book. It was probably the, the best book that I read that got me started on this journey. And I would go to Walmart and Target, all those fun places and start buying stuff. It was a lot easier back then than it is today. Uh, but yeah, it, you can still do it today, which is incredible because that was, you know, 10, 12 years ago, something like that. So we kind of started at the same time a little bit then, huh? As far yeah, as the Amazon stuff. Yeah. Pretty close because that was about 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. somewhere around there is when yeah. I started. And yeah, it's just, it's grown from there to, you know, I uh, I graduated college and I remember I was dating Ashley at the time. She's now my wife. And it was, it was great because we were having, you know, I, th- I think we were having those meetups in Houston at uh-huh. the time. And she would always complain like, oh man, you're spending $100 or $200 at Walmart. But keep in mind, I was a broke college kid. So it was a lot of money back then. Yes. And uh, now she's just like, I don't even care how much you spend. Like, I don't even, I try not to look at it, but she handles all of our accounting, like billing and invoices. Lucky you. That's the yeah. part of this business. <laughs> yeah. So she gets to see those invoices comes in, come in. She keeps me organized, but you know, we we got married. Uh, we lived in Houston for a couple of years. I worked in corporate America for about two years uh, with a, my logistics degree. Found out that was not for me. And we ended up moving to Dallas. I think that's about the same time that you ended up moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, we moved to Dallas uh, where my family was, and that's where I grew up, north of Dallas. And it was great. I mean, we, I tried looking for jobs and I told everybody, I said, I'm going to do Amazon full time. This was in July of 2016. 
And of course, my parents were freaking out, like, oh, you can't do that full time. You need to go get a corporate corporate job and everything. And I was like, well, if I don't if I don't get a job, I'm gonna do this full time. And lo and behold, I guess the Lord had better things for me to do and he did not get me a job, but that's okay, because it led to this path here that I've been on uh, for for many years, and it's it's been a journey to say the least. <laughs> yeah. But, so when you, because there's going to be a lot of people on here that you know, because we talk about a lot of different things, but one thing we do talk about are some business hacks and and business you know ideas and ventures. And when you mentioned that you did eBay in high school, like I know there's some people that are going to be on here who who kind of do that, you know, that they buy low, sell high. So starting with eBay, like kind of like share, share with us a few things that you did. Like, I know you said you mentioned you went to garage sales and stuff, but what are, what are some of the tips? Like if they're, you know, wanting to sell on eBay, what are some things that you would recommend? Yeah. So you need to figure out what you're good at. Um, And what I mean by that is, do you have an expertise in something? So for me growing up, my uncle was really good at older tools. Uh, he was good at vacuum cleaners. Like there's certain brands of vacuum cleaners. Like at the time, it was Rainbow Vacuum Cleaners and Kirby Vacuum Cleaners. And then uh-huh. like boat motors. But people loved those and would pay a premium for them. And I go to a garage sale, buy a Rainbow Vacuum, 20 bucks, and sell it for 200 on eBay. Wow. wow. And that's just... Stuff that you would go find, people would think, ah, this vacuum's not worth anything. And eBay is a great spot for supplemental income, getting off the ground. I mean, even to this day, I love going garage selling and finding stuff. Um, going towards the Amazon side of things, if you're going to do it that way, I would look at brand new items that are factory sealed. Uh, you can make some really good money. I mean, I did that for many years uh, starting my Amazon journey. Right. So you went from eBay and then you started adding on Amazon. And I would say, like you and I would know, like more like not pristine items are great for eBay and probably not for Amazon. I, I don't usually like to put use on Amazon. I know some people do. But so you went from like eBay, you know, as you're growing up and then you did Amazon and some people on here may not know exactly what retail arbitrage you and I do, but can you kind of give like a little um, description of what does retail arbitrage entail? Sure. So retail arbitrage, what it means is finding the gap between supply and demand. So you might have Walmart that clearances an item, say it was $20. They clearance it down to five and it's selling for 20 on Amazon. You can buy it for five, sell it for 20 and you're making that difference. And so retail basically means you're going to a retail location. That's Walmart, Target, TJ Maxx, um, those types. Then there's also online arbitrage, which is doing the same thing, but from your computer online. Do you do and more of that right now? The online stuff, or you you don't do? Do you do very much retail? On- I charging. <laughs> this is last year was the first year I did no retail and no online arbitrage. Wow. That's yes. amazing. So I'm excited to the next chapter, what we're about to talk about. So for those who are listening, so you saw he went from eBay, which is still, I love, you know, you're just like me. Like I, I was just telling my husband, 
In fact, right before this podcast, I showed him this old ice cream maker I found at Goodwill, perfect condition, <laughs> you know, for 15 bucks. And you look on eBay, you know, it sells anywhere between 50 and 85 bucks, you know, and it's just kind of fun. You know, I, I know it's probably not the most profitable thing for me to be doing, but I love it. It's so fun. You know, I love it. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love the thrill. It's like a yes, treasure hunt. There, yeah, there's a treasure hunt. You find it. And it's just, you know, I do that kind of, I mean, it's a great supplemental thing. And I teach, you know, my kids and it's fun to do. But of course, as we we're talking a little bit more here soon about what you're in, but um, that's so interesting that you say, you know, because like I took a break from Amazon for a while. I had to, you know, I was taking care of my sick mom for a while. And then I had family stuff where I had to take care of grandkids, blah, blah, blah. And I just got away from it for a while because I had to choose, you know, like I, it was too hard for me to juggle what right. I was doing with Amazon. So I actually started getting back into it over the last year because I, I missed it so much. <laughs> and I still question whether I still want to, because I, I enjoy doing, you know, other things as you know. Right. And so you went, Okay, guys, so every, he went from eBay, and then he did Amazon, and now you guys all know what retail arbitrage and online arbitrage is. And did you do any wholesale, or did you skip that? I have. Yet? Nope. Really? I, I have done most everything except for drop shipping. Um, I've done private label. I've done wholesale, uh, just because I wanted to try stuff out. So when I was in retail, I, I had a gut feeling that retail was not going to be able to be as scalable as what I could do, say, in wholesale. Right. And so I started looking at different options. I'm like, oh, wholesale, that's the way to go. And wholesale is a great option, but there is also more competition and your margins are pretty thin most of the time. There are ways now that you can bundle items. Um, there's ways to make money. I know people that make a good amount of money doing wholesale. Um, you get a special niche that you like, and you can do very well. So nothing is to say you can't do any of these. I know people that do retail arbitrage, and they sell $10 million a year. I mean, that's just, you know, you can make a business. That's what's great about the Amazon space is basically anything you th can think of, you can do and right. make money at it. That's exactly right. Because if you're willing to hustle, like I, I like to do retail, but like it's definitely kind of like what you said, not scalable but it's super right. fun me and my best friend we we're still partners and we we as far as business partners and we still love to go out and because when after we're done shopping for a business we said oh let's go to ross you know and find <laughs> stuff for ourselves and so with wholesaling like would you say um when you were doing you do you do wholesale still or you don't do that one as much i do a different version of wholesaling so what i have gone into now is more the closeout arena and it's mainly i specialize in toys so it's think of wholesale and when say Hasbro, Mattel, Fisher Price, they discontinue or quit making an item, it goes to closeouts. And I have built connections over the years um, in that arena. Um, most of it I can attribute obviously to God. I give him the glory and all of it. But, you know, a retail buyer for a major brick and mortar chain he introduced me to some of the vendors I work with now, and that has exponentially grown my business to a different level. And with that, I'm buying goods at 20 to 30% of retail pricing, whereas wholesale might be 50, 60%. Right. So it's a you little know. bit, yeah. But that's so interesting. Uh, so you do like, 
I know what you mean by like when I go to uh, do you do you still go to like um, the conferences like ASD and Vegas? I do. Yes. Okay, and like they there's some people there that you can go there and buy their whole thing. Um, I guess maybe that's what you can do too, but maybe that's not what you do. But I that's amazing how you've learned. Uh, it just I'm just so amazed. Um, those of you guys, if you guys remember who are listening, we had a conference back in 2000. I believe it was um, when my first conference was like 17 or 18, something like that. Mm-hmm. And Trevor, at the time, I asked him to speak and he spoke. He was one of our speakers. I was actually telling my husband about Trevor the other day. I said, hey, I'm getting Trevor on a podcast. It's so awesome to see his, you know, his progress. Got a wife and baby now lives in his dream home. And it's just so cool to see what this business can do for people. And just kind of like what you said earlier, you know, you can choose whichever, you know, if you love to go out there and, you know, do retail, which I did at one point, and I still do it here and there just because it's fun. But I mean, I used to do the, you know, go out there and Black Friday and sit and stand in line and all those fun things. But I don't do that as much anymore because I don't know, I don't enjoy that. I don't know if it's just I'm getting older or, you know, there's other things that I'm pursuing. But so you did private. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about, I think it was back in 2013 or 14 that we went, we, there was um, Sean Hart. He was in Houston at the time. He actually lived, I didn't even know it whenever we were doing this, but he lived literally five minutes from my house, Missouri City, which is, you know, near Sugarland. And we all went on, I don't know, there was probably about 15 of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, going to China on our first China trip. That was my first trip. Was that your first China trip? That was my first trip too. Yeah. And I remember... We were zombies when we got there. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. That was, was a very like, long trip. <laughs> it was very tiring because, you know, we didn't really know what to expect. And it was 12-hour difference in time or something like that. And, you know, Sean, you know, he did first class and he was like, or biz class or whatever. And he was like rested. And all of us were just like so tired. And I just remember being dizzy the whole week. <laughs> but yeah. it, was, it was incredible. But at that time, I remember we did, like, you remember Sean challenged us. He goes, okay, I want you to come on this trip and I want you to go home with 10 possibilities. And that was the beginning of my private label journey. It was really cool, you know, to, and, and from that conference, I had some things that had occurred, but did you, did you do a little bit of private label? Are you still doing it? And if, you know, tell us a little bit about your experience with private label and what it is. Yes. So private label is a different animal or beast. Um, a lot of people portray private label as, ooh, it's real easy. You just create your own product, import it from China, and then you're making millions of dollars. I will be the first to say that's not true. Uh, people, will, people will disagree with me, and that's fine to disagree with me, but I have gone through many projects, uh, different items. So for me, on that trip with Sean, you know, I forget how many different items I got. And... You know, again, if you if you have a special like category you like or something that really piques your interest, that's what I would suggest you go with on the private label side. And don't just buy a product to then change a little bit and then post it. Figure out what you can do and find a gap in the market. If you can find a gap in the market and something that you're interested in, then you will you will succeed. And what I had done is I actually had a bunch of different products like all but one of them failed and that one was poly bags you know <laughs> out, of, yeah. out of everything i bought poly bags because i was having such a headache with paying so much for them at the time there was really only one company that was big online that went to all the amazon conferences 
and they were so expensive. And this is back in the day when everything had to basically be polybagged going to Amazon. If a toy had an inch hole, you had to bag the whole thing. Right. You know, things have changed now, but I grew that company. I, I put uh, multiple sizes that the competitor did not have, posted them on Amazon. I was half of their price, and I ended up selling that business. But it's still listed on Amazon. He's still killing it. It's got like 4.7 stars, like several thousand reviews. Like I put a lot of pride and effort into it because I use the bags in my day-to-day Amazon business. Mm -hmm. And it solved a problem of I've got this really massive toy, but there's not a 24 by 32 bag. So I just created one. And and they, they stopped at like 18 by 24. And I'm like, I'm going to do a 24 by 32, do the next size up. And it was amazing. It fits so many of those big toys. And so I ended up selling that business. Uh, I wish now I would have kept it, but I sold that business. And I I have found another product line that I went into. Um, It did well starting out. And then this is about the time that the Chinese started selling on Amazon and -hmm. bringing it over themselves. And then they just demolished me and pricing and everything. And I couldn't compete. But that's okay. It was a learning lesson. And I still have uh, one private label product. I just sell on an eBay. And it sells, you know, maybe 5 to 15 units a day. Perfect. And it's just a small little thing that just keeps going. It doesn't take me any extra work. I don't advertise it. It just sells. It's something that I got from my wife's dad. Um, He loves it. So I'm like, huh, that's a problem. I'm going to solve it. I solved it. And collectors love it. Okay, I'm hearing some awesome advice from you where you're saying that, and, if, and those of you who are listening, or you, you can catch some of the, the key things that Trevor's saying over and over again. He's saying, like, find a problem and find a solution for it, and you'll do well. And that's so important because there's a lot of times where, you know, a lot, you know, in the private label business or whatever, and we're just like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know, maybe I'll private label that or whatever. But if right. it's not really solving a problem, then, you know, I think that that's such key what you say that helps you, you know, to be, to be successful in what you're doing and stuff. So that's cool that you still do a little bit of everything you just talked about. If you think about it, you just said right. you still sell on eBay, your private label, you still do retail here and there. And, you know, you do wholesale a different way and you d- you have a private label product still. So that's kind of cool because of the, like the three or four ways on Amazon. So is the one that you are mostly involved now with your closeout? It is, yes. The toys and stuff. And are you selling on Amazon? Yeah, so we sell on Amazon, Walmart, and eBay. Okay. So do you would you find I know that there Walmart is becoming a little bit more popular these days or a lot, mm-hmm. you know, it's starting to come out where it's a little bit easier to would you would you say that that's worth people to pursue to sell on Walmart? It depends on what you're selling. Uh-huh. So Walmart has its quirks just like with Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um since I sell toys, most of the year it's pretty slow. But starting in November, December, those two months are insane. And wow, with holidays, uh-huh. I mean, let's just say for me, it doesn't take much extra effort, which Ashley does. She basically manages our Walmart side because when we list it on Amazon, she takes that SKU and duplicates it onto Walmart. Now there's software that'll do that for you. Sometimes that's expensive or doesn't work. We found it's just better to copy and paste the UPC 
and it takes less than two minutes to create that SKU. And if you're doing like wholesale or something, then yes, a software probably makes sense because you can do bulk uploads. But for us, you know, we're buying on an order, we might buy five to 20 different SKUs, but we're buying hundreds or thousands of them. Right. It sounds like you, um, you, you have it down pat because you have the connections. And I think, wouldn't you say that networking and the events that you've been to over the years has gotten, you know, a big part of like why, you know, what to buy and who, who to buy it from. Would you say Absolutely. Just connections? I think that's so key. In fact, I was telling my husband today, he's like, Oh, you're talking about your simple zone seller people, you know, cause Tammy Duco is actually coming to my, my retreat. One of my personal oh, nice. retreats. <laughs> and he was like, maybe you should have a simple zone seller reunion. I said, oh my goodness. I might have to do that one day. Cause <laughs> you know, it's just so interesting to see where the people who were at that conference, like where they are, you know, like Brandon young and you know, he's got his own amazing stuff going on and just like right. on and on Tammy's got stuff going on, but uh, I'm so, so proud of you on that Trevor, just to see your, your progress on that. And so I'm sure that, well, one other question before we go to this next question about struggles along the way, but as far as like your toys, there's some people who are going to say, okay, uh, so with, with Amazon, there's, there's some categories that we have to be what's called ungated, meaning, you know, if you're a new seller, you have to go through a process. With Walmart, like, do you have to, do they have as many ungating restriction things like Amazon or is it just as easy to just put anything you want on Walmart? They do have some. Um, they are cracking more down on it. But I can't speak to what a new seller would do. I've been with Walmart since they started. I was in their beta program. I was uh, one of the first 50 companies to use their Walmart fulfilled services. And so I kind of beta tested that right. for them. Um, but there are brands that they're like, oh, you can't sell Pokemon. We send the invoice and it's usually ungated instantaneously. Wow. Um, it's not like Amazon where like, oh, we need your supplier, supplier's invoice. Like, well, they're not going to give me that. <laughs> yes. Right, right. Exactly. Well, that's cool. Um, I actually got a Walmart account also when they first came out, but I haven't really done anything with it, but I'm, I have it on my list to get back to. So that's kind of cool to know. Yeah. It makes so, it about 10 to 15% of what we do on Amazon. Yeah, that's what I hear. That's what I'm hearing. But I hear it. it I, I had a friend that, um, who actually does my packing and shipping and they were talking about how, they were testing some products on Walmart and they're like, wow, this is really cool. You know, I'm finding mm -hmm. these, these products and it's actually, you know, selling pretty quickly. So I think it's getting a little bit better than it was a few right. than from a few years ago. So that's cool. So I'm sure along the way as every entrepreneur and especially people who sell on Amazon and, you know, e-commerce platforms, but before we go that way, I wanted to ask one more question. Do you sell on your own, like Shopify or any, any of your own websites? Or you pretty much stick with Amazon, Walmart, eBay? We have, discussed it yes i just i don't know enough about my own website and shopify i'd probably have to hire somebody to come in and manage that for me mm, okay but but yes that's something we've discussed doing but it's almost kind of like what you're doing is working and so it's pretty fun to have something that's working and just continue right. to replenish right because it sounds like you have a replens business with toys you know there's some people right. who do replens like i listen to a podcast with jim cockrum uh, his podcast, some guy who only has two employees and he doesn't even touch his products and he's got an amazing online replens business, which right. is awesome, you know, which yours mm -hmm. is kind of like that too, if you think about it, because, you know, it doesn't sound like you do as much, you know, sourcing, you have your, you have your vendors and your contacts. Right. So that's awesome. So I'm sure like we were talking about, you know, just 
there's certainly struggles that we all go through along the way. So what would you say as you're looking back at on your journey of, you know, I would say a good 10, 11 years, 12 years between the time you started until now, what would you say were like, a, you know, one or two huge struggles that you went through and how did you overcome them? Hmm. Probably my, my biggest struggle was cash flow and I guess it's cash flow in general. I'm trying to think of another way to kind of yeah. state it, but capital, I guess having capital. Yeah. Capital. Cause when you switch to the business that I'm doing now, it is super capital intensive. And I basically just cut off retail arbitrage and went straight for closeouts wholesale. And going back, what I would have done is kept, kept doing retail and slowly allocated funds to buying things. Um, now we buy stuff and we sell it now and make money. But before what we would do is buy it and then hold it for three to six months, maybe even a year and get really good ROI. So for me, I don't even know what my average ROI, I haven't looked last year, but overall my average ROI is over 80%. Wow. That's um, amazing. Incredible. You know, yeah, so, a lot of people who are on Amazon, like are happy to get, you know, 15, 20% ROI. Right. And, you know, obviously like, you know, some people might say, oh, ROI doesn't really mean anything, but like if you're on inventory lab, which is the software that we still use, if, if you looked at like your, they call it a net profit or net margin, it's really your gross. But if you were to go to your PL or profit and loss statement, look at that. And you can use this for like your own numbers to see where you're at. But for us, that number was 30% last year, which most people I've spoken to, that's considered really good. And right. it's, you know, a lot of people go, oh, that's so great. You do all that stuff. But what they also don't realize is it took a lot of capital up front and the struggles and everything with that. And then having to hold it to then get those returns. And some people are like, oh, well, you could just keep buying deals and make less money and turn your money and do it this way. Yes, you can, but that's also more work. And for me, we were investing in other revenue streams, and I wanted to do other things with my life versus just going around shopping at retail stores or managing a team because that, that was another huge struggle is when we were doing retail, our team just kept growing and then we had a warehouse inside and it just, that kept growing. And at one point I managed like 12 employees Wow! and, and I'm just like, this is a massive headache. I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> and, and so for me, I was like, okay, I can spend more money, buy a product, hold it and then drip feed it in, which means you slowly ship it to Amazon and make way more money. Or I can take lesser profit turn stuff faster, but then I have the headache of managing all this. Right. So, so you did you get rid of all your um that where the um your employees now? Is it just you and your wife now? It is, yes. So it wasn't like I just fired them all day one day. It was a slow phase out. All of it was all but one person was natural. Um, right. the one person just got stuck because the other person our man our warehouse manager had an opportunity to go work real estate, which is she was a realtor or she still is, but she's a realtor and she got the opportunity to go work for her broker. And I'm like, I'm not going to hold you back from what you want to go do. 
go do that out fine. And she was worried about it. And I was like, seriously, don't worry about it. I'm already in talks with a, a 3PL or a prep center. That stands for third-party logistics provider. So all of our product now gets shipped to, shipped to a warehouse. And they store it. They receive it. They ship it to Amazon on my behalf. I don't have to. I don't have that headache of a warehouse space, managing employees, all of that. And you did. It, the, you just. It just got old, I guess. Correct. Yeah. And so that's where you know we're at now. Um, so you don't have like a warehouse like on your land. I think I saw that one time on one of your things. You had it. I think yes. maybe in Dallas you had that, right? We did in our land. In, yeah, in Texas we had about three thousand square feet. Um, warehouse space there but then we quickly outgrew it and now we use showcase prep in missouri um you know which i'm i'm part owner of now i've that was part of my reasoning for moving to missouri was my friend wanted me to go into business with him and he had some ideas that he wanted to do and we've been working together for a couple years and it's great and so i had started moving my product there before all that even happened and the headache was so much better. Like it just, just like, oh my just gosh. Major, it's just getting rid of all the stuff in your own house and not dealing with having to correct for people, right? Because right. like, I know what you mean. Because like for at one point I had maybe six or seven virtual assistants and it was just, it got to be like now I have like two or maybe right. kind of one part time and it's, they're very, you know, self teach. They just do, they know what to do. I don't have to really, you know, be over them on a daily basis. But the ones right. that didn't know what to do, oh my goodness, it got to be where I'm like, this is not what I dreamed about <laughs> for my business. You know, that's so exciting yeah. that you basically went from all the stuff that we've talked about to having your own warehouse. And now you, you know, it's out of your house and it's out of, and, and you're part owner of a, do you, is that, is that prep and ship company only for your stuff though? Or do you, do you guys do it for other people? No, we have about 36 other, uh, like people or sellers that we work with. Uh, we work with private label brands. Um, we do, we used to do online arbitrage. We're kind of phasing out of that. We're focusing on the wholesale bulk side or private label and then getting into storing pallets and shipping out pallets uh, for brick and mortar or larger companies is what we're kind of switching our focus to. And we've, we've got about, 40,000 square feet in our one warehouse that we're working with. So Wow. Well, I might be having to talking to you because I've been talking about doing wholesale pallets. So say the name of your company again so people know. What is it called again? Sure. It's Showcase Prep. Showcase Prep. So guys, that's, you know, if you are going to get into this and is that something that are you, you wanting to grow it? I mean, I'm not sure how many clients you want to grow it to, but you're open for people to. Absolutely. Contact. Yeah. You can go to showcaseprep.com. Perfect. And just fill out some, like it's three questions, your name, email, phone number, and then a comment section. And just kind of let us know what you're doing. And we're looking to expand um, private label, wholesale, or just if you're doing like business to business, pallets in, pallets out. Uh, wow. we're, we're focusing on that. We're growing it. And eventually we're going to build another warehouse as well. But we're we're actively looking for new customers and you know, our goal is to create wildly successful customers. So if you succeed, we succeed. And that's how we, Perfect. that's how we treat it. So we want to partner with you. You're not just like a customer, you're a partner. That's awesome. 
So uh, I think that we um, went through so many awesome things like your journey and everything. And <clears throat> the last question I have for you was going to be about your future plans, but it sounds like you kind of went through that already. Is that pretty much what you're going to be doing on your, your prep and ship house, your prep and ship company basically, and your, your um, wholesale bundling or your wholesale bulk company that you have? Are those the two things that you're focusing on? It is. And we're also focusing on real estate. So we've been um, buying land, storage facility, and, you know, we're going to build some duplexes, apartments, things like that. And, you know, that's, that's kind of our future plans going that direction, pulling money off of Amazon and investing it into other assets. Because uh, I, I strongly believe that you can use a tool like Amazon, build a business, that's what your livelihood's from, and then you need to siphon money away from that when it hits a certain stage and start investing it into other things. And, you know, real estate, crypto, all that's kind of in my portfolio of what we're working on. That's so awesome, Trevor. I really love that. So before I let you go, I'm putting Trevor on the spot here, guys. <laughs> if if people um, get with your prep house, do you have a code so that you know that they're coming from the podcast? Can they tell you, hey, this is from, you know, the Joyville's podcast. We're coming from from to let you know that we're joining. We don't. But I mean, if you want to send, like, just type your, you know, where you heard us from. Say you heard it from this podcast and that we can we can let Joy know and. And we can work something great. out that way. Awesome. Yeah. So maybe in your in your uh, form that they're filling out, <clears throat> there's a section that says where'd you hear where did you hear about us or something like Correct. that. Correct. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And it you know, it really is with the the bulk wholesale, uh, you know, part of the future plans with that, which we've been doing for years. But like we have a small group of people that buy and we split deals. Um, just because if I were to invest all the money, I would run out very, very quickly. Definitely, and, yeah. And so we have people that join our group. It's free. And sometimes we post deals on there. You know, if it's a really large buy or, you know, we're running out of money, we post it on there. So other people can still make money and slowly transition into, you know, the the bulk buying and the great thing is it all gets shipped to showcase prep. And from there you can decide, I want to leave it there and let them do it. Or I want to have it shipped to myself and they can, you know, we can work out whichever you want to do. So like if somebody wants to do like, a, let's just say they have a, a big wholesale palette and they, they want to send it to say that your, your prep house gets mm -hmm. to your prep house and you know, it's new, but you still have to, you know, unbutton, you have to of course unload it and it's a big bulk, you know, let's say it's, $800 worth of shoes or whatever. And right. they want to ship it to Amazon. Is that something that you do then you, yeah. you take that? Oh, okay. Awesome. I'm we looking do. for someone like you. <laughs> See, there's a reason <laughs> why you're on here. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's, I mean, seriously, it's, I know I'm, I'm part owner, so I'm trying to not be biased about it. And if, if we're not a good fit for you, like look at other prep centers that maybe are closer to you or that might be a better fit. Uh, obviously we'd love to have, anybody on board but you know one thing is you have to look at your expenses and your cost of stuff for me i'm like oh my gosh that costs too much money it's not worth me doing it then i started running my rent my payroll all of that and at the end of the day i'm like this is almost the same cost as what i'm paying per item when you break it down 
And a lot of people don't know their numbers. And when you actually break it down and you realize, wow, I'm actually paying, you know, $1.25 or whatever that number is for my rent and labor per item. And I have to manage the employees and everything else. I might as well use another company because then that's going to free up time. And as business owners, we get sucked into doing the day-to-day -day operations of I'm going to take these labels off. I'm going to put a FN SKU label on. I'm going to put it in a box. And as business owners, we need to pull ourselves back from that and look at the 30,000 foot view and see what else we can do. Like, okay, if I have that time free and that's being handled by somebody else, now I can focus on X, Y, and Z, which is going to grow my business to X level. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And, you know, uh, Jim Cockrum always used to say, you know, like, do what you do best and outsource the rest. And that always stuck right. with me. He talks so much about don't put the tape on your own boxes, you know, because then that's just some more time, just like what Trevor was saying, that you could be out, you know, looking for more wholesale pallets or whatever you're doing, eBay yep. or, you know, um, what is it, retail arbitrage or online or whatever. Basically, whenever you're taking away that tedious stuff, on, you know, that's the first thing that I outsourced when I started doing this business, my daughter and her son, you know, took over, uh, or my son-in-law took over and they, you know, started taking over the prepping of my company. And it all of a sudden I'm like, wow, now I have three or four days a week to source instead of, you know, two days of sourcing and three days of packing and shipping my stuff. You know, it is, so. it is amazing. And, and you would think, oh, well, I don't know what I'm going to do at that time. I can tell you it gets filled. Definitely. I, I didn't totally think I'd have. I was like, oh, I'll have more free time to, to do this or do that. And the next thing you know, I'm getting pulled in all these different directions. And, you know, like you mentioned, you have to delegate certain tasks to people so you can focus and keep growing the business, work on inefficiencies, fix those, and, and all that sort of stuff that goes on. Absolutely. Well, Trevor, it's been so awesome to connect with you. And I wanted to, before we let you go, is there anything, any piece of advice you want to give to somebody who's, you know, maybe looking for either a side hustle or Amazon as a business or e-commerce in general? Is there like, you know, a piece of advice? I know you've given us so much advice, but closing a remark advice that you wanted to share with everybody. Yeah, let's see. I think focusing on something that you enjoy doing is better than just doing something to get by. Not, not saying that you can't do it just to get by, but let's say you start out on eBay, but you have a goal of moving to Amazon and then doing X, Y, and Z. Right. Focus on what you're good at and then get that done. And if people tell you you can't do it or it's not going to work, keep going because if I would have listened to all the people in my life that told me I couldn't sell on eBay to make a to make the same amount or more than if I worked at Chick-fil-A or if you know I, I did Amazon full time I'm not going to make as enough as a corporate ladder I needed to go work the corporate job and go up the ranks of the corporate ladder and that's what I needed to do in life um, then I wouldn't be where I'm at today and not saying that those are bad. Again, you can utilize those as tools. So let's say you're in corporate America. Don't just quit to come start this journey. Stay in corporate America. Build a business in your free time. You're going to have to make sacrifices. 
um, to where you, you build that business. Maybe you build it for a year or two. And at whatever point you're comfortable with, then you can quit your corporate America and that can be your full-time job or it brings you full-time income. Super good advice because there's sometimes there's people that come in here and they just go, I want to go full throttle. I want to come all in. And then they just, you know, leave everything they have. And then they're like, whoa, now, you know, how am I going to eat? I don't have, you know, I'm putting all my time and money into something. So it's good that you, you know, suggest to them how important it is to stay where you are until you can move over. There's that's, there's so much truth and good for that, you know, to, for people to hear. So, well, Trevor, thank you so much for your valuable time. I know you're super busy and I know you're about to go to the unconference this week, I guess. Right. And Correct. have a good time with that. He's going to be meeting with a bunch of e-com sellers and having a good time. I wish I could go to that. We have weddings coming up this weekend with <laughs> family or else I would, I would be there. That sounded so cool that I would love to see all those people again, but yeah, it's again. amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Trevor. You've been, it's, it's been wonderful to have you and to listen to your journey ever since I've known you and to watch you grow. And I'm just so super proud of the journey that you are on. And I'm actually excited that you do packing and shipping. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Like yeah. No, I appreciate right. you having me on. And I, I hope somebody got something out of this and, you know, just, just keep hustling. Like don't stop. Just keep going. There you go. All right. Take care. All right, everybody, with that, we will let you go and we will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. We value our listeners. To access all of the links and resources mentioned in today's show, head over to www.joyreveals.com. That's www.joyreveals.com.